Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Okay, stop me if you've heard this one. You, you can't stop me, but you can hit the pause, I guess. Anyway, there was this conspiracy and Constantine and a group of religious leaders of what would eventually become the Catholic Church decided to change the day of worship. So no longer would it be Saturday, the Sabbath, but it would be Sunday. And that if you worship on Sunday, this was a trick. Because if you worship on Saturday, you're worshiping Yahweh, Jehovah. But if you worship on Sunday, that's where the Romans get you. Because Sunday is the day they worshiped the God of the sun, Apollos. Have you heard that one? I get that question rather frequently, uh, several times a year, if not maybe a dozen times a year. And that is, why do we worship on Sunday? Didn't Constantine change that? Well yes and no and why does it matter here we go are you ready i want to hit you with a big term i know it's monday morning you are um, just basically sucking down coffee trying to get through your day but here's a big word scholasticism throughout the centuries whenever a church wanted to do something or they had a belief and then they were challenged they would then go back to the scripture to try to find what they already believed in it. Now, the Catholic Church usually takes a good kicking on this one because, frankly, uh, that's what happened to them in the Reformation when uh, Martin Luther and Zwingli and all these decided to say only scripture. They would then come to these priests and bishops and prelates and say, well, you say this, but that's not in the Bible. And they would then go to the Bible, the Catholic leaders would, and try to find a verse that maybe possibly they could use to justify what they already believe. But let me be very plain about this. This is not a Catholic issue. This happens in every religious tribe, that you will decide you believe something. And then when you're challenged on it, you run back trying to find support in scripture for what you already believe and that you might also already believe that scripture taught you. I'll give you an example. Uh, By the way, what happens when we do that is we misuse the Bible. We use it as if it was a set of laws trying to uh, justify our particular tradition. There are absolutely laws in the Bible. But Jesus wrapped them all up in love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, that fulfills the law and the prophets. So is that okay? Evidently not. Because then we want to define everything and we want to stretch it out as if we were lawyers of the text and not students of the text. So we use scriptures to prove too much. We can give you a lot of illustrations of these, but I'm going to use one now. From the very early centuries, we, we see that they tended, Christians did, 
to gather upon the first day of the week. Now, there was no pronouncement to do this. There was no scripture saying, we're done with Saturday worship now, now we want Sunday worship. But for reasons that they didn't even feel important enough to write down, very early on, Christians started meeting on the first day of the week. Now, historians have known this forever and they've worked on it and they've come up with many ideas about why. It has everything to do with work schedules, uh, worship schedules, the growing divide between Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians, but none of these are written in scripture. And almost none of them are written in this early correspondence of early believers. But we see them meeting on the first day of the week. Sometime, uh, sometimes people will say, well, well, didn't, didn't Paul talk about, yeah, he talked about it as an established fact. Now, well, well after Paul, a few hundred years after Paul, Constantine, who, I, who am I to question? Um, first of all, he made Christianity legal. It wasn't until later it became the, uh, an official, not the, but an official religion of Rome. And he didn't personally convert until near his death, if we are being told correctly, all right? But it was Constantine who really wanted order. He called councils together to say, what do you believe about the Trinity? Nail it down. What do you believe about this? Nail it down. Before then, there was not as much variety of Christian thought as some writers try to make it seem like there were. There was, but there was variety. And people didn't feel like they had to nail down everything. Very much like in Acts 15, when people came with two different ideas and they were sent back without an answer to it saying, just don't make it harder than it needs to be. You love God and don't act like a pagan. It's in Acts 15, you can check this out. They never answer the question. They just say, just, just go love people. Well, we've never been satisfied with that, all right? But Constantine did make Sunday an official day off work, a holiday, a holy day for the empire. And of course that made it a whole lot easier to worship on a Sunday. But did Constantine ever issue a decree that Saturday worship was done and Sunday worship was required? No, not really. Now, some of the men around him that were leaders in what would later become the Catholic Church did have that kind of preaching. But that was by the time there was a lot of anti-Semitism in a church where Christians and Jews had really broken up thoroughly now and the mutual antagonism was great and the Christians early on got the, the state and power behind them, which is never a good idea for a believer. And that, that allowed them to shove the Jews off the discussion table and actually out into the countryside and set up a whole lot of horrible things through the centuries. That said, Sunday assemblies after Constantine made it a day off work, made it a lot easier to worship on a Sunday. And so people did. But well before that, back in New Testament times, we find they were already gathering on Sunday. Now why? Now you have Paul. Paul was a Pharisee. He was a devout Jew. He kept the law. But he didn't see an issue with worshiping on a Sunday. In fact, we'll, we see evidence that he did worship on a Sunday. So where's this conspiracy? And why are people making this into this big old theological bomb 
uh, as, as if, oh, wait till we tell you the secrets. People will say, well, Jesus rose on the first day and Peter's sermon on Pentecost was on the first day. So that doesn't, neither, that doesn't add up to an edict to worship on a Sunday. Well, Acts 20 verse seven, they came together on the first day of the week to break bread. That is usually used to mean that they were having the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist communion, although there are a lot of other ways breaking bread is used in scripture. Now, once again, trying to make the text prove too much, but there's another issue there. It didn't say because it was the first day of the week, that's when they could gather. It's just an example that they gathered on the first day of the week. And by the way, if you read that passage carefully in Acts 20, you will see that they did not take the Lord's Supper on Sunday. They took it on Monday morning because the services had stretched out well past midnight. So technicality, it, it's only a technicality if you're trying to use the scripture to prove what day you're allowed to take communion on or what day God wants you to, to gather together to worship. The Bible and the new covenant never says that one day is bigger than another. Some people will say, but well, 1 Corinthians 16, you are to lay by and store on the first day of the week. Most historians agree that that made perfect sense because you were paid on Saturday. So the first thing you do in the, at the start of the new week is to lay some aside for God, for the needy, um, as the Jews had always done, by the way. So it's interesting to me. <clears throat> I grew up in a, a religious tribe that berated Protestants and Catholics alike for setting aside Easter and setting aside Christmas as, as special holy days. And we would never do such a thing. I can remember my father being so appalled when he heard that a minister of our tribe had taken part in an Easter uh, service. By the way, we found out later he didn't. The rumor mill was just super active. But anyway, my dad said, oh, this is the end of all things. Well, isn't it interesting that Romans 14, 15 says that we are not to judge others who esteem one day more than the other. And we were judging them for esteeming one day, Easter or Christmas above another. While we were esteeming one day, Sunday, as the day to gather, the day to have communion, the day we worship. When that concept was completely foreign to scripture and you can't read it back in without really hard work. And if you finally do dig up enough to where the same proof text I've given to you already, that's called scholasticism, where you read back into scripture what you already wanted to be there. People do that all the time with different doctrines. It's a part of legalism. When we determine that there's a particular day that God wants us to meet, then we can start making laws about that meeting. And boy, did we. Not just my tribe, every tribe makes laws about it. It turns it into something that it is not. We, we are no longer students of the text. We're no longer readers. We're no longer hearers. We are lawyers drawing lines. I have some friends that are Seventh-day Adventist, and I've even been in communities before where the Seventh-day Adventists use their buildings on Saturday, and then they rent it out to a Christian group on Sunday, which is 
great, you know, sharing of resources. I think that's a brilliant idea. But my Seventh-day Adventist friends had always fallen under this concept that God wanted Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. And whenever the Christians, the new covenant now, remember, uh, they're not sacrificing animals anymore either. They don't have priests after the order of Aaron anymore. A lot of the Old Testament didn't carry through to the, the new believers. And so they're worshiping on Sunday. They think, oh, that's, a, that's, that's wrong. It is never wrong to worship God. It is never wrong to take communion, to sing, to pray. It is never wrong to gather with other believers and celebrate our faith. And it doesn't matter what the name of that particular day is. Because we are so blessed in our Western society to have Sunday kind of set aside as an allowable time off work. It's handy for Sunday. And so we worship on a Sunday, but we'll take communion whenever we gather together, not just on a Sunday. And we'll sing and pray and we'll praise Jesus whenever we're together not just on a Sunday. And by the way, don't try to do scholasticism on Hebrews when it says, encourage you each other as so much as you see the day approaching. And they say, that means that means going to church on Sunday. Don't do that. Don't do that. Instead, just say what God says. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do that. Get together when you can. I know an awful lot of the people that watch these don't have an active community. So please reach out, info at rsafeharbor.com. We'll see if we can find somebody near you, or maybe I can stop in or one of our members can stop in on our welcome home tour, because you need some form of community. We get that. And we'd be happy to cross the screen barrier and say hi. And we'll do that any day of the week, because we can worship any day of the week. And Constantine didn't make a rule that, um, that broke God's law. There you are. We'll see you next week. Cheers.